looking for love in all the wrong places today on our podcast. Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back to God's Word Gives Hope. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. Well, we are kicking off a new three-week series today called Living Loved. And be sure to stick around to the end because we will tell you a little bit more about what's coming up in the next few weeks. But Janae, this is a new month and that means a new Thrive Thursday. So would you like to give the listeners an update? Absolutely. Thrive Thursday is monthly on the third Thursday and it's at 12.15. It's about 20-ish minutes. I give some coaching tips and then there's time for question and answer at the end. This month's topic is going to be on boundaries. Oh, and it's free. I know that I will be tuning in on February 15th because that is the third Thursday. And I know how to get my link because I've already signed up for your free weekly newsletter and that's how it gets sent out, right? That's right. And um, JanaeShatleyCamp.com and that is in our show notes. Absolutely. So let's get started with today. If we want to live loved, then we need to know where our source comes from. So for this series, we're going to be doing a lot. We'll spend a lot of time in 1 John chapter 4, but today's verses are 7 and 10. And I'm reading from the NLT. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Well, before we dive into where our source comes from, I think we need to explore more about the sources we might look to. Mm. So listener, think about it with us. What sources of love might you look to? Or maybe did look to, like I think about growing up and we have parents and we look to them for love and right. and that's the way it's supposed to work. That's why God gave us parents. But if maybe your relationship with your parents is broken or they had some unhealthy pieces, that could actually color how we look for love. That's right. You know, it's natural for us to want and need approval when we are young, Mm -hmm. as we explore who we are and, and we need that validation. But as you said, we live in a broken world and that brokenness can steer us on a journey looking to be loved in the wrong places. And I think we are searching for what will it take for me to feel validated, to feel loved unconditionally, and to have that question answered, am I okay? Mm -hmm. This can leave a big hole that we try to fill with many things. We might not track it back or think about how our need to be loved can be connected with any kinds of form of addiction, but I definitely feel like... uh, Addiction is all about numbing and escaping and avoiding those feelings, which is often tied to not being loved, not feeling worthy or valued. So our source could be anything from work or food or shopping, alcohol, gaming, you name it. Now, I know there's a lot more to addiction than that, but where did it start from? Where did that behavior uh, where what was going on that we were even in that place where we were drawn to those things in the first place? When we live from a place of living loved, 
there will be a change in us. And I can't wait to talk about that more in parts two and three. Well, before we get there, we still have to stay on today. And I think <laughs> I think we need to have a bit of a conversation around how even this need for approval can get intertwined with a need to feel loved. And so then we look to others as a general place to fill our love tank with their approval. And so thinking about healthy love and healthy approval, healthy approval is a freedom to be who you are and to Mm. explore without punishment. Even the definition of approval is the belief that someone or something is good or acceptable. But then there's that piece of unhealthy approval. How can I be good enough or acceptable enough for others or even for God? And I think that just... Just even thinking about this makes me exhausted. Yes. Because when you are seeking approval or acceptance, especially from others, everyone has a different measuring stick. Everyone has a different mark you're supposed to hit. And you will exhaust yourself trying to find the approval that you need from people who are just as fallible as you are. Yeah, we work so hard and it does wear us out. Well, the enemy also is working hard to send us on those wild goose chases. And for something that is actually readily available to us, because he knows that even in our weakness, God is elevated and we are stronger. Yeah, I think the enemy is threatened by anyone who would live out of a place of being loved. So let's dive a little deeper into what and who our source of being loved needs to be. There's really only one true source that will leave us feeling loved in every way that matters, that that long-term loved. Verse seven says that that love comes from God. And looking at translation comparisons of, you know, all of the different ways that you can say this verse, what they say is love comes from God, all of them. (laughs) Like there was no variation in this. He is our one source. And even that word from isn't multifaceted, is, is multifaceted because love isn't just like something he hands us like a ticket. It is who he is. It flows from him. It is coming out of him. Love comes from God. And verse 10 spells out why when it talks about that this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And what I love is that we're not starting this relationship with God. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I think we can grow up or go to church or, or be in circumstances where there's altar calls and there's, hey, you come, you choose God. And that feels like we're the ones initiating, but that could not be farther from the truth because we are not initiating this love. God is the instigator of this love. He gives freely, really when we love God, we're just reflecting and giving back the love that he has given us. Right. So I know this is not a new revelation to most of our listeners that our true source of love comes from God. But if the enemy can't get us to look for other sources, then the enemy's going to try to taint our view of God so we are discouraged and not go to God as our source. Yes. I think that if we're truly living this out, we have to live with an accurate view of who God is, which is that first step of being loved. We touch on the characteristics of God a lot on this podcast because they are so important. In fact, we did a whole series called Know Who You Follow. It's episodes 40 through 43. But since God is infinite, (laughs) we can infinitely talk about him 
and always have more to share. So Janae, thinking about the characteristics of God that come to mind that demonstrate God as a source of love. I love that question. And I think people might naturally go to the characteristics of God that are not loving. Like I'm wondering if some some of those bubbled up and, and people have thought of those, like the dictator God sitting up on his throne, taking note of all the things we do wrong, or that bad teacher who is um, up there with their pointer, the ruler, the, uh, the pointer. I don't know if they still do that now, but they're looking up over their glasses down at you disapprovingly, mm. you know. Or I think about, you know, when someone thinks characteristics of God, if they don't understand his love, they can think the angry, distant God, right? Like he saw that we messed up and so now we've ruined everything and all of his plans are wrecked and he's just so mad and mm. he's punishing us by moving away from us. And yet the word is, it's so clear he doesn't do that. Right. But I think we will project the the fallible, broken ways that we've tried for approval onto God. Yes. It's just so unfair. Yes. So to me, in a broken world where we many may not have a picture of a healthy, loving father, this is a characteristic we need to make sure we have accurate. God shows himself in the Bible to be the perfect loving father. And wherever the broken world has messed that up for us, God says, let me be your heavenly dad. The parable Jesus told about the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 depicts a wonderful picture of the kind of heavenly dad God is for us. So here you have a dad who has every right to exercise his authority and not allow his younger son to take his inheritance and go off to the world because the dad knows that the son is not mature enough to handle this wealth. (laughs) But the son is an adult and the dad lets the son make his choice. So with that, I see the dad giving space for exploration rather than control and stifling. There is a freedom with God's love. And when the son comes graveling back, more humbled from reaping what he has sown by squandering away his money and ending up eating pig slop, Mm. which for a Jew, side note, would have been the bottom of the bottom. Yes, because pigs were unclean. Right. What does dad do? Look disapprovingly, give him the I told you so speech, (laughs) or worse yet, rejected him by saying, You got what you deserved. Or he could have let him be a servant. You know, the son came home thinking, well, even the servants in my dad's house eat better than this. Maybe I can just go work for him. Right. So even in that case, though, a dad who shows some mercy, but it sort of feels distant and there would be shame Mm -hmm. around that. But no, God, as our heavenly dad and perfect love, He's looking for us to come back to him. In fact, we know from other scriptures that he's waiting on us and he's wooing us. And the minute he sees us running, uh, sees us coming towards him, he is running towards us with his arms opened. As he's embracing us, he reminds us that we are his daughter. We are his son. How much he missed us and how much he loves us. Then he doesn't stop there. He celebrates us 
and restores us to our position as his children. This is the source our love comes from. We need to crawl up into the lap of our heavenly dad and allow him to tell us who we are and breathe his love into our lungs so that we can live from that place of being loved and knowing who we are because God has spoken it into us. So good. Um, when thinking about this and characteristics of God, I, I see the God who really sees us, who really sees me, mm. who really sees you. His eyes aren't just for the most important or the ones that are winning awards. He sees the heartbroken and the lost and the, the wounded. It makes me think of the story of the woman with the issue of blood in the Bible. And legitimately, this is probably my very favorite story. Mm, I would say it's one of the closest it's to mine It's one too. of the tops. Um, here's this woman. If you don't know the story, she has used all of the money that she has on doctors and she has had an issue of bleeding for over a decade. I think it's 12, 13 years. It's mm-hmm. so long. And because of what she's dealing with, it makes her unclean, which means no touching anyone, no being around people, no relationship. So think about how lonely and how invisible she must have felt. But she also must have been a woman who knew the scripture. She would listen to them being read. She's someone who knows that from the book of Numbers and Malachi, that there will be healing in the corner of the Savior's wings. This this idea of the edges of his robes for a more clear context she begins to hear about Jesus and she has faith that he is the savior. So she takes a really big risk. She is bold. She pushes into a crowd who would have hated her for touching them. And Jesus is, he's walking off to heal the child of an official. And that's, that's important work with important people and everybody's crowding around and moving. And she pushes through believing if she could just touch the corner of his garment she would be healed. And when she is healed, Jesus doesn't just keep moving. He stops and he stops everyone. Yes. And I think the thing that um, strikes me about that is we know from other accounts that this was not unusual. First of all, the disciples are like, you know, because he wants to know who touched him. And that's like a crazy question because like everybody's, everybody's touching, touching you. him. <laughs> but the whole idea, and you may think, oh, well, because the power went out of him and he knew that someone had been healed. But we know from other accounts that was not out of the ordinary either. It was happening all the time. People, This was part of the reputation. If you just touch him, you, you could be healed. But in this case, he chooses to stop and address the one who touched him. And I love what he says, and it's throughout multiple gospels, but I have Mark 5, 34 here. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And not only did he see her, he called her daughter. And this word daughter is richer than just a family relation. It means daughter of God, acceptable to God, rejoicing in God's care and protection. God isn't just restoring her health. He is restoring her identity. Mm. I love that so much. It's beautiful. 
And it shows God as our perfect heavenly dad who cares deeply for us, that he will stop for us. He sees us. He wants us to make sure we know who we are. He calls us his daughter. So listener, let's look at the questions again. What or who is our source of love? Have we been deceived in any way to go after other sources? Do we have an accurate view of God so we can receive fully the love he has for us? Those are some really good questions to ponder. And we'll put those questions in the show notes as well. So when this is over, if you go, I want to I wanna really think on those, you can go back and look there. I'm sure they'll also be in the blog. We are, we're just getting started in this conversation. Mm. Um, next week, we'll do another dive into 1 John 4 and learn a little bit more about it, what it means to live loved. And remember, if God's word gives hope, has meant something to you, please share the podcast with others and like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to sign up for Janae's monthly Thrive Thursdays. And um, we didn't talk about the beginning, but replenishes in just a couple of weeks on March 1st. So all of those details are in the show notes. But today we want to leave you with Psalm 8615. But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Thank you for listening to our podcast. To go deeper with the blog, visit godswordgiveshope.com. For more information on coaching with Janae, visit janaeshatleycamp.com. And to partner with us to help make God's Word Gives Hope possible, visit our website and click the Give button. Thank you.